Welcome to the Literacy Fellows Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gabriel. We are entering the third series on our podcast where we are looking ahead to summer and thinking about some of the questions that people have sent in or left as comments on the various platforms that you're using to listen to the podcast. And speaking of listening to the podcast, we passed way past 500 downloads a couple of weeks ago, and we're so excited about that because it means that we are a little bit together, even though most of us are pretty far apart physically. And so thank you for being part of this community. Thank you for caring about the things that we're talking about. Thank you for sending us ideas of who you'd like to hear from and topics that you'd like to hear about. Um, And basically just thank you for spending some time with us. This is an exciting way uh, to feel a little bit more connected and to explore some issues that I know we're all exploring on our own um, together. So thank you for being here. As a thank you, (laughs) I have a really, really special guest for you today. This is somebody who is going to be able to talk with us about family engagement, both as a parent and as a professional. So Mia Batson was an elementary school teacher and a middle school math teacher and um, a department chair and instructional coach and assistant principal, a school leader. She has been all the things. Uh, And she also uh, taught right next door to me for the first few years that I was teaching, uh, the first time I was a teacher in Washington, D.C. And so a lot of who I am as an educator is exactly because Mia was uh, my best friend and mentor teaching right next door to me uh, in those first few formative years. And I still remember that the day before um, students showed up for the very first time, my first year of teaching, uh, it was my birthday. And I was setting up my classroom and she came in and said, you probably don't know how to put up a bulletin board, do you? And I said, I absolutely do not. And she said, here, I'll show you. And that was pretty much how it went from there. Um, Today, she is an early intervention specialist, uh, which means she works with families who are receiving early intervention services. And that means that family engagement and family outreach is literally her job, and she is a pro at it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, Mia, let's jump right in. How's it going as a parent? It's really hard. School at home thing. It's really not going well. Yeah. Tell me more. (laughs) Now, when I think back to teaching in the classroom, like I taught a group of 20, 25 kids, like no problem. Mm -hmm. And I addressed everyone's needs. Yeah. But then you put my own two children in the room with me (laughs) and I can only do them one at a time. Interesting. I cannot do both of my kids at the same time. Their levels are so different their attention span is so different because that Mm -hmm. three years makes a huge difference with Mm -hmm. Jake being a preschooler and Grace being a kindergartner. Mm -hmm. They are, they are too different in their needs and it creates such a strain when I'm trying to teach one and the other one's interrupting. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I try to teach both and -hmm. it goes badly because I'm trying to like differentiate a basic lesson like here, Jake, here's some coins. Can you group them by the ones that are pennies and the ones that are dimes? Here, Grace, here's some coins. Can you um, put out coins that add up to the sum of 10? Like, and you're trying to do both kids, but it's, their needs are too different and they both need you and it, mm-hmm. it crash and burns every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I get frustrated and I hand one of them an electronic device so mm-hmm. they can be quiet so I can help the other one. Mm-hmm which works perfectly. If Jake is quiet, I can do grace. 
Yeah. But then Grace is seething with jealousy that he got the <laughs> iPad and she didn't. So then I'm using bad parenting to promise. I'm like future promising. You're going to get the iPad next when I go and teach Jake something. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to hand it over to you. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes like bargaining. Oh, can I get YouTube out of that? <laughs> like, wow. Wow. Yep. It's, it, yeah, it's crazy that I used to be able to teach an entire room mm-hmm. without major interruptions or major meltdowns. Right, right. I could teach a whole room successfully and they all got it. And mm-hmm. I could help differentiate for those that needed it. And it worked for everyone. But here I am. I can't even teach my own two kids. The room only has two pupils. And one of them is always failing. (laughs) The one I'm looking at is succeeding. The one I'm not looking at is literally dumping the coins on his head. Or pouting on the floor because she didn't get the attention. Mm -hmm. The attention piece, I think, is a... A new layer. And it's not like your kiddos don't play independently. Like it's not as if they couldn't do things by themselves on their own. Uh, the way that you would have in a classroom, you might not be working with everybody at once, but they have like, they can take care of themselves as learners. Yeah. yeah. Um, it feels like at home, you can take care of yourself as a player, but not necessarily as a learner. And especially not if somebody's getting really close one-on-one, like hands-on, yeah. eyes-on attention. Yeah. I think it's just, everything is so exasperated yeah in this weird state that we're in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so anything with family dynamics is blown up so much bigger than it used to be yes yep yep i feel that deeply (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes all relationships Mm -hmm. any flaws they had are now (laughs) deep chasms yes (laughs) Yes. yeah we're all working with real thin skin in my county, Prince William County, initially, mm-hmm. the distance learning plan came out in phases. Mm-hmm. And at first, it was just, here's the login for mm-hmm. all the cool learning apps. This is your chance to explore them. Mm-hmm. And that was a disaster for me. Yeah. Um, it was a disaster for me because it stuck my kids on the iPad all day. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was a disaster because um, I don't feel like my kids learn well from apps they just play well on apps like they weren't actually learning any content Mm -hmm. they were just learning how to click the right buttons to get to the next level to earn the gold coin yeah and and i know some people really liked that having access to all the different apps is fun Mm -hmm. um but for me we kept that to a half hour a day with testing out different apps Mm -hmm. each time uh, from the suggested Mm -hmm. list but uh, no more than a half hour a day because I find too much screen time. They just click blindly. Like they're not even thinking anymore. They just become like mummies, mm-hmm. zombies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the county came out with um, what is like, what they're kind of referring to as the choice grid. And that has some high tech options and some low tech options. Like cool. some of the suggestions on there this week were as, as easy as, you know, for my kindergartner were like, write the numbers from zero through 20. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, practice saying the short A vowel sound. Think of words uh, that rhyme with bat. Draw a picture of a cat. And all of those things, mm-hmm. I felt like, okay, we can do this. Check, check, mm-hmm. check. They weren't, um, we weren't, we weren't learning any new content. We are not learning any new content anymore. Uh, however, we were practicing what 
they had heard about at school. Mm-hmm. It was learning, but it was simple to do. And yeah. I was totally fine with that. Nice. Some of the things that they've also suggested, I'm like, it just feel like a big pain in the butt for me. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get poster board and okay. make a timeline of your child's life. <laughs> Teach them about what a timeline means. Here's a video about timelines. Get out your glitter and your glue and your yardstick and 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 I'm already like wait you lost me at poster board this (laughs) is a pandemic I don't have poster board you want to talk about copy paper that's in my printer sure I've got that but I don't happen to have like a science fair display board handy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I don't want to have to rush out to get it because that's not essential yeah that's not important enough Mm -hmm. for us to be risking going out of the house for so I skipped that project or I watered it down to a very basic version of, of a timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that puts a lot of pressure on parents when you have to have fancy materials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they, even some of the science links they've been sending, mm-hmm. um, you know, make a volcano. That's super cool. But like, what if you don't have vinegar? Um, sure. When they say design a game um, using leftover battery parts. What? what? <laughs> I don't I, use old electronics to test. I'm like, no, no, I don't have these things. No, we're not doing that. We'll watch a video about it. Mm-hmm. So the, the stuff that for me has been the most purposeful, meaningful, it's been things that were reasonably low tech, mm-hmm. where we don't have to go digging through the house to find it, mm-hmm. um, but that were like fun and still learning or at least practicing what had been the learning. Right, right. Like reinforce with the opportunity to extend if you wanted to. While we're Mm -hmm. writing our our 20 numbers, we could talk about them. We might even learn there's a 21, but we don't have to because the only job you had was to write the 20 numbers. Yeah, and we're participating in, you know, so for our school district, we're using Flipgrid, a lot of Flipgrid. (laughs) (laughs) And Flipgrid is like, great for some things it's nice to for the kids to be able to see each other's little posted videos mm-hmm. but it also has its restrictions and sometimes it feels like the things they want us to make videos of don't fit in these timelines mm-hmm. in the time duration that you're allowed for posting a video okay so they wanted us to retell a story great skill this is great <clears throat> retell a story you recently read with a beginning middle and end <clears throat> and we had just finished a junie b jones chapter book so Grace is trying to retell a chapter book, but it has to be under one minute and 29 seconds. Mm-hmm. So I, can, I end up cutting her off over and over, and we take like five or six takes, mm-hmm. five or six drafts of this video that I cannot post because it goes over a minute and 30 <laughs> seconds, and she's getting frustrated, and I'm getting frustrated, and she's trying to talk faster and faster because oh she God. thinks if she rushes then we'll get through it. It's actually that she was including too many details and we needed to condense it, but it's hard to read. It's hard for a six-year-old to, to be concise um, while on a video and still performing. It's just, there's a lot of skills that go into making a good video and Mm -hmm. the kids don't have any training in that. No. And it's not like she can quickly read it off of our notes sheet. She can't quickly read anything. (laughs) She's still learning how to read. Mm-hmm. So yes, we had planned it out, but those notes, she would have to go and sound them out and that would take mm-hmm. a while. So it just felt like what we posted in the end was good enough. And mm-hmm. I've 
really settled for good enough on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. We're not going for perfection anymore because you know what? You tried six times and uh, mommy tried six times too. And all, all that's happening is I'm frustrated with you and you're crying because you couldn't get it fast enough or good enough. And this pressure is silly because if we were in a classroom and you were retelling an entire chapter book, then it would have been okay if it went for a minute, 45 seconds. It would have been okay if you were 12 seconds over, but it's not okay <laughs> when you have to post something shorter than this specific limit and you're carefully watching your seconds. Right. And it just created like unnecessary pressure. Yeah. And we really don't need any more pressure. We're already tense and on edge. Yeah. It's uh, people have talked a lot about this feeling like it's a rolling hills thing. Like it's like things are okay and then they're not, and then they're okay and then they're not, or it seems fine and then it gets hard. And um, it really seems like you have to pick which hills you want to die on with when when you're responsible uh, for teaching this stuff. And there's too many hills, like yeah. <laughs> so you end up potentially sometimes um, really bearing down on something that isn't even worth it. Like this is not the part of the lesson, the under a minute part of the lesson was not the part of the lesson that was the most interesting or important. It's the wrong stuff, but there's no way to tell when you're surrounded by hills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then afterwards, you know, we just, afterwards we talked about it. I sat her down, she's six years old, but we talked about it. I was like, you know what? Like mommy could have made a different choice there. I should have told you to use a different book. You know what? We should have used a shorter book. We should have just, Mm -hmm. something else but I didn't know that when we started because I'm figuring it out too and now I know next time we have to retell something we'll tell something we'll pick something that's shorter so it can fit on the video and then we won't feel so stressed out you'll feel better about your beginning middle and end (laughs) good for her good for you (laughs) there was a lot of apologizing a hug at the end Mm -hmm. but yeah Mm -hmm. in those in those moments Mm -hmm. it was really tense Mm-hmm. and unnecessarily frustrating. <laughs> I, hear that. I hear that. Are there things you wish that they'd sent? Or like, if you were still teaching, you would totally X, Y, or Z? <sighs> you know, I could probably figure it out um, because of using educator tools, but mm-hmm. I don't actually know what level Grace is reading on. Mm-hmm. I can guess it out, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. And because we never got that next parent conference where Mm -hmm. that information was coming, it's sort of like stabbing in the dark when you try to have her read to you Mm because you never know what's the right fit reading level. Um, So yes, you can like try all your cutesy things like a five finger rule or I can guesstimate Mm -hmm. based on how how she reads. Um, But I wish that the teacher had given uh, some kind of suggestion like um your child is reading was reading at approximately this band when yeah. school ended yeah. <laughs> try some books like this mm-hmm. try some words that look like this or look for words like this in books because yes that have these features yep yes because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's like we're i'm in the land of we're we're past the um the bob books sure matt <laughs> sat on a hat <laughs> we got that but i can't just hand her like a, a step one fancy Nancy and have her read that successfully on her own. She can't quite do that either. So there's got to be a middle. I just don't know as a parent, I don't easily know what the middle is. Right, 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 right. And because books by different publishers come out with different leveling systems painted on the back, like yeah. you can't just 
they would have a browsing bin that was already selected for them and some everything in there would be re a reasonable choice i think yeah. the idea of sending home descriptors instead of levels like it will have words like this not too many you know or yeah. it'll have yeah. this many on a page or something like that uh and then and then also like these two she read independently successfully look for something just like this mm -hmm. not that you can run around to the library but like at least yeah but you have what you're looking for online and stuff yeah and and there are a lot of families mm -hmm. myself included um that are desperate for more literature because grace has just uh has memorized too many of the books in our home so i'm amazoning mm -hmm. <laughs> sets of books mm -hmm. but but i'm a little bit taking stabs in the dark i'm picking content that i know that she likes mm -hmm. because it's familiar but sure. I don't know that it's the right fit reading level. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I had a little guidance on that. Sure, sure. Um, oh, pro tip. People sell their classroom libraries on eBay for like less than a dollar a book. So you can get 30 or 40 at a time for a grade band. Like this is from a first grade room or something like that. Um, most of them are homeschool libraries. They're not ginormous. They're like a set of 20, a set of 40. Um, I, hear, I hear you that that's still a version of imperfect. Um, mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I think it would be cool if there was some sort of like uh, curated book selection that you could go on and yeah, that would be a, that's an interesting thing to play with actually. Hmm. In the hopper. Yeah. yeah. Even, you know, even, even for my preschooler, you know, for mm. Jake. Yeah. It doesn't matter yet because he's not trying to read the words to me. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm reading to him, but I, I wish I had known where did preschool leave off? What did they, what topics had they talked about? What topics right. did they not get to? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just make it up every day as I go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah With him, it's, it's easier to, um, to play books, you know, using like audio books. Mm -hmm. um, and, and our school and our preschool both gave us great different websites. Mm -hmm. Have the book read, have the picture book read to you. Mm -hmm. that's been good because I don't expect him to read it to me. But if I give that to Grace, um, she cheats and has the book read to her instead of her reading it to me. Right. Right. Mm. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that's been, um, it's become like a little pet peeve and I know it doesn't matter, but I hear lots of people saying things like, or districts putting out statements about no new learning. Um, and what they mean is no new content. But the conflation of content and learning is really troubling because you um, start like looking and listening for people to know things and for kids to learn a thing. Um, and that makes it hard to figure out when they're when actually they are learning, which doesn't necessarily mean learning a new thing. It, it may be refining or redoing or extending or um, yeah. And I, I worry about that with um like Frankie will watch Sesame Street and then she'll like come out with this word because P.S. the vocabulary instruction on Sesame Street is wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, she'll come out with this like habitat. She's talking about all the habitats. I'm like, where did you get ha Sesame Street? Um, and that is a thing that I can point to that like now she knows that word and has it and uses it and built a little habitat for her do dog and blah, blah, blah. Like I get it. That's a thing. But I have to believe that if she picked that up, she's picking up, up lots of other things too. And or refining what she knows about things that she already knew. I think, I hope. But in terms of parents feeling like they're teaching their kid anything or their kid has learned anything, like the idea that learning is about stuff that's identifiable instead of 
like potentially like a continuum um, mm -hmm. that you start out using that word to mean any place and then you understand that it means certain kinds of places like that you are refining as you go, I think would be encouraging if we were better at kind of naming that for folks so that you know, they didn't feel as though they had to do a brand new web quest about a brand new place in order for kids to have learned anything. Content mm -hmm. is not the same, but it's a teeny little nuance that I think ends up getting set up as a way for us to feel like failures. And content and learning are used interchangeably. Yep. Yep. In the school system. So yep. the, the no new learning mm -hmm. has it's been messages, no new content. They're, they're yep. the same. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. As if you could stop it, right? Like they are learning and <laughs> you can't, you can't hold them back, but yeah. All right. Tell me a little bit about in your uh, professional role at the moment, you do a lot of outreach to families yeah. and tell me about how you approach that and what you've learned, uh, especially for reaching families. I guess both ends of the spectrum, reaching families that are tough to reach and, and managing families that are very, very active. Okay, uh, that's got a couple of parts, let's see. So in my current role, um, I'm working um, for my county's early intervention system mm -hmm. and I'm an early intervention specialist. Mm -hmm. I'm focusing primarily on family support and family events. Nice. So before COVID-19, I was hosting live, real live events where people came, um, like story times and music programs, but also um, parent support groups um, and um, different parent events like doctor dialogues where a pediatrician or some specialist would come in and give a presentation. Um, and when, when the county first closed all events and canceled the schools, we were kind of in a weird hiatus um, because we didn't know what we were approved or allowed to do. And we didn't have a good platform for doing things virtually. Family sing-alongs. Okay. And we were floored by how many people were interested in signing up. Absolutely oh. floored. We're getting better attendance now than we've ever gotten before. Huh. Um, and we attribute that to more people being home and more people yeah. <laughs> needing things to do with their kids. There's yeah. fewer options now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so open schedule, less competition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we started with activities for kids um, and that was a, a big hit. Um, and now we've branched off into different kinds of parent support groups. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are also um, really, really popular. Um, we're, yeah. we're playing around with the nuances of daytime or nighttime, what's the best mm -hmm. time? Mm -hmm. um, but we've launched both and nighttime events, I mean, it sounds crazy to be working at nine o'clock, but that's when kids are finally in bed and parents can yeah. finally unwind. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and they're logging on and they wanna talk. Yeah. They wanna talk about how hard this is and how lonely this is, mm -hmm. um, which everyone's going through. But then they're also talking about how hard it is to have a kid with special needs mm -hmm. and to be 
you're both the parent, but you're also now the teacher and you're also playing the role of therapist and you feel like you're not qualified to do half these roles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. My county is offering um, virtual intervention sessions so you can get your physical therapy or your speech therapy. You can get all of your therapies like over the phone or over video. Mm -hmm. But when everybody talks about it, it's not the same. Yeah. It's just not the same. Right. Um, and parents are understandably freaking out about their kids falling more behind or are they doing it right? Are they doing it enough? Yeah. Are they, are they doing all they can? Um, and people have been really open about their struggles um, and really sympathetic to each other, empathetic. And it's been, um, it's been good. We've got a nice crowd and they keep coming back. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know if they'd want to come back yeah, yeah. <laughs> or kind of sharing once. I didn't know if it, if we'd have enough momentum. Yeah. Um, they seem to like that. So now we're launching more of those virtual parent events, um, but having, bringing on more specialists. So having, mm -hmm. having the, the doctors come onto our zoom call or the feeding therapist come join our call mm -hmm. or the PT or the OT and people just have a thousand questions. Yeah, because yeah. they can't get their hands on on their doctor mm -hmm, <laughs> um, right. unless it's an actual emergency. And so they just want to know. They don't want to know specifics, right? And they understand that um, this is just general advice. But yeah. everybody just likes to um, to hear it from an authority because it yes. feels it feels better coming from someone yeah. that's legit yeah. <laughs> rather than YouTube. Yeah. Or right, to be reassured uh -huh, by yeah. an authority. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing. That's a really big thing. Um, and maybe something that, um, translating back into school settings, uh, a teacher is an authority, but also a leader in the district is another. And so hearing from them, I've heard from various people that when the principal sends a letter home that says, don't worry about grades, it's really different than the teacher saying it or your kids saying it or anybody else, because you know that like that really does go and yeah. Um, yeah, it's not just a rumor. <laughs> uh, so I wonder if there are other things that would be helpful to hear from somebody that, from an authority figure. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. That makes sense. How are you thinking about the whole concept of falling behind? And especially as it relates to young children and the idea of developmental milestones. Um, and I'm thinking particularly about folks that are hyper aware of those because they've been told that they're behind before. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that you can't help but feel the pressure as a parent in today's society mm -hmm. to get your kid caught up. You got to do your best. You got to get them ahead, right? You've got to, you got to win here, right? It's mm -hmm. a rat race out there. Mm -hmm. So everybody wants their kid to succeed. And when you see that your kid is not succeeding and when you already know they're not succeeding and you already know you are developmentally delayed, like the dreams are crushed. Mm -hmm. And then feeling like now months and months are going by and I still can't, reach that next milestone is it's really really hard mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's devastating for for families and even though you know as a parent with with two different kids that have had their struggles um even though you hear from people further down the the, the pipeline than you you hear that it's all going to come together and it's go mm -hmm. they will hit that milestone. it will happen eventually in their own time mm -hmm. You hear it from others, but 
when you're stuck in it, mm -hmm. you're, when you are in it as a parent, it's different in your heart. Yeah. Right? And, it, and you just feel like you're never going to get to that next thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can relate to how that feels. And if I was going through that right now, I mean, yeah. it, it would be so, so stifling yeah. for your spirits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We were talking more about how this things like Flipgrid give parents an opportunity to see how other kids in their kids' class are doing and that that can bring up all kinds of things. Um, okay, last thing to circle back to. Sure. For your own kids, because I think, I think, like, I appreciate that there's really nothing you can say except it's hard. Um, for folks that are worrying about big developmental milestones. And I think that's probably still true for school age, kid, school age kids. It's not, they're coming back without presumed content knowledge, but it's not like they haven't learned lots of stuff. Like they've learned lots mm -hmm. of stuff. There sort of is like the COVID stay at home curriculum that everybody has like picked up things that they probably wouldn't have before because they're stuck at home, interacting with people in different ways, doing different things. Like they are learning things, but yeah. not what we would presume that they might know having finished first grade. It's more like they came from a different school. Like, I don't think we can say that they're like intellectual, they're not delayed as learners. No, they're not delayed. They, they just have gaps. Particular content. Yeah, they're gonna have some holes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I see it now. I mean, it's almost like you can see with Grace, what she learned in kindergarten, mm -hmm. and then what just hadn't, they hadn't gotten to yet. Mm -hmm. You know, help me with the words, because I, I don't know the, all the language, but like, she learned SH, SH, and ST, ST, mm -hmm. but she didn't, she didn't learn, thank you, she didn't learn PH. Oh, not all of the digraphs, yeah. Yeah, so like, she knows some, mm -hmm. but they just hadn't gotten there yet. <laughs> I'm sure oh, it was coming. Good. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it was going to happen, and she knows, like, TH is th, but it was a different one that she's, like, looked at me, I, you know, I was, like, well, I, you know, when a Y is at the end of a word, it, it can make an E sound, and she's, like, mommy, Y says yeah, Y says yeah, <laughs> and I'm, like, well, no, yeah, look at every family, and I'm giving her my examples, and she's, like, toy, <laughs> mom, when you do why, it's toy. So I, I was really like, like what you said, everybody needs to give themselves a little grace because obviously it's the name of your child also. And we all would definitely be better with a little more grace in our lives. Capital G and lowercase g. <laughs> Speaking of which, I get, we have magnetic letters on the fridge, obvio. And uh, um, Frankie brings me a lowercase b and says, what's this one? And she's like really interested in writing right now because Hannah and I've been writing lots of like letters and postcards and stuff. And she's really interested in writing. And she's like, Oh, and so I said it was a B and she was like, no, she got legitimately angry with me. Not, not like prissy angry. She was like very frustrated that I was telling her the wrong thing. And she brought me the real B, which is a capital B, of course. Mm -hmm. We hadn't differentiated those yet. Um, and told me that I must be wrong, turned it upside down, called it a P. Brilliant. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> the point is, yeah, yeah. You find like the edge of their knowledge, which is exactly mm -hmm. where it should be. And yeah possibly extending, but not in like a, not in like a rational or predictable kind of way, which is what's going to be really tough. Because it's not as if we can say, all right, pick up where you might have been in your hymnal on <laughs> three weeks, three months ago. You yeah. really, we really don't know the sort of the edge gets raggedy because the experiences have 
diversify. Yeah. So I encounter those like tiny pockets where it's like you can see how much she's learned and then you just hit a, a bump and you're like, oh, okay, that's where it stopped. Yeah. Probably the following week they were going to get to the next thing, but then there was the next, the next week never came. Right. There was no following week. So you had a sh and a th, but like not a ch? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, okay, I'm dating myself. My first year teaching, fourth grade, it's 2000. It's the year 2000. And in social studies, my pacing got off. Uh-huh. And I didn't, I was supposed to cover all of the United States, the different regions. Uh-huh. And like, I didn't make it through the Midwest. Oh my gosh. Like we missed an entire part of the country. Sorry, Midwest. Oh, wow. But, and I, but I remember like trying to use those days in May mm-hmm. to like, heavy push the midwest content yeah. like yeah. we read about it in language arts and we also did it in social studies and then we sang about it in music class you know i was pushing it hard at the end because yeah. i i carried the guilt as their teacher that if they went on with, to the next grade without ever learning about the midwest then they would never know about the midwest right i remember going to the fifth grade teacher mm-hmm. who would have my kids yeah. and saying like hey so i want to tell you something up front we were solid in XYZ, but honestly, we never made it to the Midwest when we were covering the states. So any opportunity you have to wrap that in, I would really appreciate it because I'll always feel guilty that they didn't learn about Kansas or whatever. <laughs> and, um, and she, you know, she, she was a great educator. She took that and she ran with it and she would make jokes about it that next school year. They're like, oh yeah, she got the Midwest in for me. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. and, and she was from the Midwest. So I was, just gonna say, <laughs> I was like, tell me she's like from Cleveland. I don't, that's, <laughs> wow. Um, and, um, but I wonder, okay, I wonder if that's how this school year's teachers will feel like, mm-hmm. but I never got to tell you about yeah. blank. Yeah. And now you've gone on to the next grade and yes, can you get by without knowing it? Well, sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you'll miss that opportunity to learn it yeah yeah or to, to hear about it um right, right. To, to, because this stuff is so thoughtfully planned mm-hmm. right can be yeah 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 and it's yeah another version of loss we're trying to think of it as like refinement like they're not getting none of it they're getting pieces of it but it is it is also a loss if you have something you were really looking forward to teaching these particular kids that they mm-hmm. yeah that just never happened it's an, one of many um yeah, and we're we're all like grieving the things that we're gonna miss out on this year, mm-hmm. the events or mm-hmm. the things that you loved covering in your classroom, things you love teaching. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm I'm grieving like the the milestones and the celebrations that were supposed to happen at Grace's school, mm-hmm. kindergarten graduation. Mm-hmm. Can we live without it? Yes, but yeah. it it was gonna be really cute. Yeah. And they were gonna have a school musical. <laughs> with barnyard animals we have our pig costume like oh my we're, goodness. Mm-hmm. I yeah, smell a parade <laughs> yeah. your responsibility and what you're supposed to do just kind of yeah. disintegrates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm trying to celebrate the stuff that we can do now that we never would have had time for yeah the stuff that that yeah. we get to do as a family that wasn't going to happen because kids are in school and we weren't going to have time to 
to spend on the small stuff. Mm -hmm. But now, and we're literally, I mean, we're down at the pond every day, like watching the tadpoles grow. Yeah. With like day by day growth. We're like, wow. Yeah. I don't think I would have taken the time mm -mm. to sit here mm -mm. with you guys if we didn't have this time. Mm -hmm. But now, like, grateful for the consistency. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. We walk by a little construction site, and it's still, they're still doing construction. So, like, we talk about the tractor and the digger and the roller and, like, see everything getting built, which, I mean, we would have done it, like, periodically. <laughs> but the everydayness of, like, let's mm -hmm. take a walk and let's, you know, check the stream and all that stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's not what I thought it would be, but that, that's a good, that's a good reminder. Mm -hmm. yeah. and are socioeconomically thriving okay? mm -hmm. um, but not all and so we've got this gap here already that's mm -hmm. created an inequity right yeah. because there's just a few families that don't have this same access that we do and therefore they're not on the zoom calls they don't log on mm -hmm. I don't know where they are right maybe they don't have a device at home or maybe they aren't home with their child during the day to help them log on at 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're working. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but already you can see that 90% mm -hmm. you know, of the class is present and there's a 10% that's not there. Yep. And then there's this fear of missing out. Like what are that? What about them? What are, what are they missing out on? Are they missing out something, missing out on something really important? Mm -hmm. And then within that, the class that is showing up, some of them are only children. Some of them are the middle child. Some of them are the baby with five older siblings. And uh, the teacher's been pushing, pushing, pushing that everybody post flip grids. And one mom, she said it in the chat box. She said, look, I've, this one's my youngest baby. I've got a high schooler, two middle schoolers, an upper elementary schooler. I don't have time for her Zoom because we have kids with real grades, mm. with real assignments, right. with real college applications. We, I've got to give them the attention. So we might not be flip grinning and please stop making us feel guilty for not posting a perfect video yeah. of us making a leaf mosaic <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have time for that right now. Yeah. And I was thinking about it like, yeah, I can barely manage my two kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know what you do when you have kids with more significant content that need longer hours on the computer oh boy yeah right yeah and this but just shows how like my assumptions work I thought I thought you were about to say if they have you know middle schoolers and high schools that can take care of themselves and can use the devices that they are the ones helping the little one film and so it's beautiful and amazing and has all these bells no. and whistles mm -hmm. yeah it just shows like <laughs> you might think you can look at the the outside makeup of something and uh and guess about how easy or hard it is, but that's, uh, I mm -hmm. yeah. And there's, uh, there's definitely one family. They have an only child and their videos are so good. And that <laughs> child is, I wonder, I'm like, did they get that in one take? Wow. That yeah. is perfection. Uh -huh. Um, and then you have the, the parent, um, guilt and go, Oh wait, but Grace should be doing that. We weren't, why aren't we there yet? Oh, he's really, really good at his numbers. Look at him skip counting. Oh, I'm not there yet. We got to practice that more. And mm -hmm. I had to silence myself and say, stop, just mm -hmm. stop. Yeah. Right. I don't, I am not in their shoes and they are not in mine. Right. And yeah. we are doing just fine. We mostly have a not enoughness problem around, um, 
interaction with people. Uh, but in this case, it's a too muchness problem. Like this is stuff that we don't need to, we don't have any practice making sense of that kind of information about other people's children, other people's children in our classes. And, um, and therefore it's not actually useful information for a parent in that way. So yeah, yeah I hear that, I hear that. Mm -hmm. And it also turns all kind of interaction into performance because there's something between you and the audience. So it's not really interaction, it's, it's performance play instead of interactive play. And mm -hmm. I wonder about that. Like there are some positives, you know, thinking about your audience and all that stuff, but there are also, it adds a layer of complexity that may not be helpful all the time. Mm -hmm. And then you get this uh, and the kids quickly get sucked in. Did anybody like my Flipgrid video, mommy? Uh, Let's log on and count how many likes I got. Oh no. Did she get more likes than me? Oh, and I'm like, course. oh, I don't want you going through this. I don't care about how many likes you got. Not now. And, not this, right. and it doesn't matter how many somebody else got. Mm -hmm. Right. Every day's Valentine's Day now. <laughs> That's a mess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think about in, in your other role, parents that you, that are sort of on your list, you know, they're out there, um, but you have difficulty reaching them or some things you've learned either mm -hmm. to tell yourself or um, ways to reach folks that are not immediately connected? Yeah, that's hard. Um, so we, we really struggled with um, bringing out our um, Spanish speaking community for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and we had to get really creative in how to bring out that community. Um, and so we brainstormed ways and executed them. Some of them flopped, some of them succeeded. But what was working really well is hosting events solely in Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, so it takes the pressure out of having to use English language. Um, at all, right? Not at like all. Going back and forth. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and so that gave us a huge uptick in a pocket of families that we couldn't engage before. Mm -hmm. um, but there are, um, there are some families that we're getting out now that we couldn't get out before because their kids are so medically fragile that mm -hmm. they literally were never leaving the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Zoom has been great for those few families. And there's not that many, but it's been great for them to be able to come out and connect in a way that... I mean, they've been on my caseload for two and three years. I've never seen them before. Mm -hmm. But when you start doing virtual events, they'll, they'll sign on because they don't have to risk the germs or go through the headache of getting all the way out of the house. And sometimes it's really hard. Yeah. Um, and so that's been, um, that's been a bonus, uh, maybe one of the few bonuses of this pandemic has been getting families to log on to virtual stuff that wouldn't come out before. Um, but then we lose families that don't have access to technology. Uh, and so I don't even know how they're doing other than cold calling them um, mm -hmm. because they're not getting my emails. Yeah, right. They're, they're just not even receiving my contacts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've gone old school with actually just phone calls mm -hmm. for those families. Yep. And that's it for this chat. You can find our guest's contact information by navigating from our website, reading.education.ucon.edu, and clicking on podcast. We'll also have a transcript of this conversation and links to some of the tools and ideas mentioned here. Don't forget to like, subscribe, download, share, and check back here next week for a new series of podcasts from your UConn Literacy Fellows. Thanks for listening.